This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Hello? Hello? Hi. Mick? No. I guess we've got the wrong number. Uh, I guess so. Hi, I'm Mike Campbell, artistic director and founder of Huff, the Halifax Urban Folk Festival. And this is HuffCast, a limited-run podcast showcasing the best and brightest artists coming to Huff this year. Please join me as I chat with artists performing this year's 10th anniversary edition. My guest this time around started the early 2000s as the frontman of a successful rock band, then retreated to his home in Newfoundland to work on a solo career. That band was the Novaks, and here's my conversation with main man Mick Davis. Hello. Mick? Yeah. It's Mike Campbell, bud. How you doing, pal? What are you at? Um, nothing. Sitting in my big brown chair with the window open with the breeze. Oh. Man. Don't tell me it's hot in Newfoundland. It actually is, yeah. Oh. Beautiful. Oh. Well, thanks for taking the call. We already phoned somebody else by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't even think he was in Newfoundland. I think we phoned somebody in Nova Scotia. <laughs> So I'm happy. I'm happy that you're by the phone. And thanks for doing this. Um, so we're just going to, you know, we're going to have a little blab about uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think I'm starting everybody off with, you know, a conversation about, especially with you, because you've, the entire time I've known you, it's always been music related. But um, about what age did you decide that you were going to do music for a living or at least take a shot at it? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, maybe well, as soon as I got out of high school, I guess, and I started crying because <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to school, that was for sure. You know, I made a joke uh, a little while ago about, I was just looking at my old uh, record albums and uh, a couple of them had my brother Steve's uh, stamp on them, you know, those old label makers right, from the 70s or 60s, 70s. And uh, the record was Dynasty by Kiss. And it's got his name on it. And I just remember that being, a, I mean, before I even heard the bloody thing, just like looking at the cover and I made a joke a few weeks ago about, you know, I looked at that record when I was 10 and he freely looked out upon me and said, school is a joke. You will play rock and roll for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's how I, I sort of felt. I had a band and, you know, I had a four-piece rock band when I was 12 years old, and uh, we played in high school all the time, tried to play in the pubs, got kicked out because we were too young, and uh, moved to town with my friends, um, started a band. We moved to Halifax when I was 19 or 20. I had a little band there, played down at the old Seahorse for pizza and beer on a Monday. What was that band called? And uh, uh, it was called The Mon- uh, what was it called? Oh, the Mondays. Ah. I was going to say the Monday nights, but that's my my friend's band. Yeah, the Mondays, just for half a year or something. Uh, We went up there sort of looking, thinking Sloan, we're still walking up and down the street (laughs) (laughs) in 1998. (laughs) Well, didn't miss them by much. We found sort of a strange post-grunge type scene going on. Uh, The Thrush were still around. They were playing the marquee, so that was fantastic. We loved them. But yeah, I mean, I never had any intentions of doing college or anything like that. 
Uh, I started playing when I was seven. So I've always had a band. I've always, you know, I had one dishwashing job for six months and I worked for my father for six months. And besides that, it's 20 years of music. Your dad didn't fire you or anything, did he? No, no. <laughs> he should have. <laughs> that would have been a sad story. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was at a marine service center, so you can imagine how much I know about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But the Novaks were the first serious thing. The Novaks, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the other guys I played with were all in university, and you know, so when it came time for them to get move on and get jobs, that's what they did. That's what they were. I'd always planned to do, and I guess I was sort of surprised. And I shouldn't have been, but I was surprised and left in the dust, going, "Oh man, I, you know, I thought we were going all the way." You know, uh, so then I found some other fellows, and yeah, we became the Novaks eventually. And uh, that took off right away. Well, the Novaks were actually, you know, for a while at least, a, you know, a pretty hardworking touring band. Did you enjoy that part of it? Yeah. it's. Uh, I always say it's like summer camp, you know, when you're a kid, you don't want to go. And then you never want to come home. <laughs> right. Uh, I was definitely somebody who was uh, nervous, terrified of everything. I mean, if there was a gig, I was going to go no matter what, but... I didn't like traveling. I didn't want to get on a plane, that kind of stuff, you know. And, uh, but, you know, once you get past that pretty quickly and, uh, and we had some good laughs and, you know, you have some little spats and funny moments and stuff, but uh, we all got along pretty well. And, and really considering that we were all in the same room the whole time, you know, right. in the van or in the same uh, hotel room or we were, uh, or we were on somebody's basement floor on air mattresses or something all together. You know? mm. uh, so I'd say we, we did pretty good. And we weren't high school buddies or anything either. We just all met for the sake of the band. So, so I'd say we we're pretty good friends, considering. <laughs> yeah, so you weren't childhood friends, but, you know, it was pretty, I think everybody at the time had been, you know, I don't know if you consider it a St. John's super group of some kind, but... Everybody was at the top of their instrument, I think. Mm, I guess we, yeah, we'd been playing around for a little while, and uh, we'd all sort of played with Mark Bragg, actually, I think is probably how we met. I think we had all done synths with him. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I think that's how I met Mark and Elliot. Mark and, Bragg, speaking of another guy that that moved home. Yeah. Mm. I think there's, well, I don't know. It's just I'm happy. I can't help but notice. You know, yeah. You guys both yeah. did. You guys both did stuff. Took a run at it, and then decided yeah. for your own reasons to to move back home. Which um, I've yeah. had, I've had millions of conversations with musicians from Newfoundland, and mm -hmm. it seems that the most difficult thing about making it in music business, if you're from Newfoundland, is the fact that you're living in Newfoundland. So, yeah, there's, you know. there's never any industry here, you know. Uh, I don't know how we got a record deal out of the miracle, but um, yeah, you had to leave, and, and that was a pain in the ass. I mean, we're on an island. It's very expensive. Um, uh, and, well, the Novaks never did, we never did relocate anywhere. People thought we lived in Toronto for a while, but we never did. No. I guess we were up, up there so much, and we were in Halifax so much. But... Uh, so that was never a thing. We always wanted to stay here. We didn't mind the extra extra time it took, but 
I don't know. There's something about us down here. We just don't want to leave. Um, Mark, I can't speak for, but I know both of us, I think, are just, uh, we're not difficult people, but but we're not, uh, uh, I guess we're trying to keep our dignity in a, uh, in a very shallow business, you know? And uh, I, I don't think either of us could ever just go kiss ass or uh, or just make whatever music to be successful. And I don't think we, you know, we're not going to do, I would never become something else other than a musician. I would never just become an actor because it was the opportunity was afforded to me and I could, and I could be, and make some more money and, and be famous or something. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's a rock and roller bust with me. And most of the time it's bust. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've lived through a bunch of it now. I mean, as you say, you did get a record. You did get a record deal. You know, you did have distribution. You did make videos. You did all of that stuff. We had every opportunity. We sort of, I mean, we had a deal in the States too with Steve Van Zandt, which is just so strange. And it seems that nobody even knows it happened. I, I think that we were also at an age where uh, you know, when we, when the Novaks first, uh, when all this happened, uh, 2005, and then I think 2007, we signed with little Stephen. And the two us, you know, I, mean, I didn't have a cell phone until 2014, and it wasn't a very good one at that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the internet, uh, social media, and that stuff, I mean, that was just, we just thought that was a joke, and we weren't going to, you know, so it was just up to our manager or managers. Uh, however, that was going to be presented. Although we had no part in it, and we we didn't want any part in it, so uh, there's no doubt that played a, a role. Uh, but we weren't. We just come from an old school. We weren't going to go online or go on TV or go anywhere and shout about, "Oh, we got a deal." It, just, it happened, and we were we just carry on with business, you know. Yeah, it just wasn't the thing. It wasn't the thing to do. And that now you, it's expected of you to boast and and brag about yourself. Uh, that's something I have a hard time with. And I don't, uh, I don't enjoy it. It seems like a very shallow pursuit. You know? Right. Well, the social media side of it, I can see, but you know, the industry's moved on as everybody knows. Mm. So we don't have the usual um, paradigm of record label, all the rest of it. But on the flip side of that, it makes things a lot easier, or at least it seems to me it does, because I'm not an artist, so it's easy for me to say. But for somebody like you, who's now, Way, way more prolific than you've ever been. Yeah. You're releasing records all the time. You're releasing good music. You have those platforms available to you to get the music out. Um, yeah. How do you view that side of the business now? Where do you do your recording? Uh, just at home. I, mean, I have some, done some in a, in a local studio with a guy that I like and should trust. Um, but the, most of the stuff you've heard is just me at home. I mean, I've got this antiquated... Uh, digital eight track machine, you know, portable thing. And I literally make the master on it and it burns a CD, you know, a CD pops out. Not your master. <laughs> sure. uh, so nobody's ever questioned the sound of my music besides, oh, there might be a drum machine or something, but you know, that's sort of the limitations I have have sort of created a sound for me. You know, I, I don't have a, I wasn't going to wait around for to book studio time or to book a drummer or, you know, writing songs and just wanting to capture them in the moment when I, you know, when you've got that, when you're in a fury, when you're, that magic is happening. 
at least it's fine. You make some of the demos and then you go re-record them and you just can't get that magic you have when you first record a song, when you, um, when you first write a song. So that's what I'm attempting to do. Uh, and then because I, you know, I don't have much gear or proper microphones or I'm literally in a dining room corner <laughs> with this little machine and my guitars and a keyboard. And so, okay, well, I don't have uh, a violin player, so what sounds are on this keyboard, you know? Uh, but it's given me this sound that I wouldn't have otherwise, I think. You know, I'm, I sort of like it. I mean, it's very limiting sometimes, and that's when I'll end up in the studio with Elliot playing drums or something when I can't get away with it myself. Uh, but, yeah, but and all that is a result of being free, you know, because when we were a signed band, uh, you know, oh, it's, just, it's just so much to talk about. We we talked about the, the the internet coming into play and social media, and uh, you know when we were signed, that's when uh, Napster was around. And, you know, right. by two thousand by two thousand ten, the label was telling us, you know, we can't sell any records now. Now you have Apple Music and uh, all this stuff, and so we can't afford to make a record. So. So I'm sitting around drying up, you know, because I'm writing songs. I'm, I'm doing some other job and, and hoping I'm going to write songs. This is, this is it for me. If I don't write songs, I and mean, then, you know, this, I have no purpose. So, <laughs> uh, so then so then we got out of the deal. And, uh, you know, because we were just sitting there anyway. So what's the point of having a deal if we can't make records? True. Uh, so, um, and once that was done, and then the band... You know, because it didn't become successful enough to uh, to get its own studio, or I mean, we could barely get together and rehearse because everybody was, had to do something else to make a living. Mm. So, but then that freed me up. So, uh, you know, I wasn't going to stop. So, I just kept making music, and and because I wasn't writing for a band or a label or anybody's idea of what the band or my music sound like, or any idea of competition. All of a sudden, I'm writing the best songs I've ever written. <laughs> well, I'd I'd agree uh, with I'd agree with that statement for sure. You know, but having I'm said not, that, I'm not, I'm not boasting about the songs. It's, hey. you know, just getting having a time getting better and progressing, progressing, progressing. You know, trying different things. Well, I hear the songs. I think they are the best songs you've ever written, and they get better and better. Um, Thank I mean, you. there's a. I mean, there's. I know you have a, pat, a cat named Tom Petty, so. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, Tom Petty is somebody that you admire the songwriting skills of. Who else is out there that really informed how you, you know, how you write or influenced how you think about writing? Um, uh, I have to go back. I guess uh, I don't know. There's so many different kinds of. There's you know, there's the big writers. Obviously, I mean, there's stuff you can't you can't compete with. You know, Bob Dylan and. Mm. Things I just think are, I mean, I'm not even trying to, I would never, uh, I'm happy to be uh, Ricky Nelson to Elvis, you know, I mean, it's Elvis, you can't see Elvis while Ricky Nelson's around, you can go see him, so I'm yeah, okay yeah. to be one of them guys. Um, when I was young, I really liked, uh, well, Paul Westerberg, big deal. Uh, I liked uh, Chris Murphy, Sloan, and uh, Liz Fair. That kind of stuff when I was a teenager, I mm-hmm. guess. And then just in the biggies again, you know, Petty and Dylan and, uh, gee, I don't know. Uh, 
Buddy Holly is still a big influence on me. The Beatles, of course, that's something I was just born with. That was just always it was in the house. There was no choice, you know. It's, I've known everything there is to know about the Beatles since I was six or something. <laughs> right. So, uh, so Lennon is the big thing. Um, I think Paul McCartney is the greatest thing that ever happened in the 20th century, you know, in the rock era after after Gershwin's and all that. Uh, Paul McCartney is it for me. Mm. Well, you played Huff last yeah. year, mm. our little festival. Oh, uh, I should mention Rodney Crowell. He's oh, Rodney, my yes, favorite. of course. He is such a this guy, probably the only guy in the last few years. I mean, I'm late being turned on to him, but uh, yeah, he's the only guy that's really, you know, I, you've got the same old heroes for years and years, and this is the only guy in a long time that's come through, bust through, and and made me think about my writing and uh, editing myself and that type of thing. Mm. And John Mellencamp. I'm a big John Mellencamp fan. John wrote anyway, some, sorry to cut you off. Here. No, John wrote some hits, you know. Um, you played Huff last year. Yep. Um, <laughs> before I called you to play it, did you have ever heard of it? Did you know anything about it? Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we've been around. I know we've been in town before as the Novaks, and I don't think we we hadn't played the festival at all, but I know we had been there during, um, and we might have been down the street recording or something. I know I've been there for bits of it, but uh, but I have, no, I've never intended one. Uh, fully, you know, mm. until last year, and I absolutely adored it. Yeah, well, you were playing with the band last year. That's right. Yeah, playing with my band, uh, Nick Davis, and well, well, we were doing my stuff, so, but we called it the All Stars. I had one guy <laughs> who played on the record, and, and we had Sam uh, Nadara playing bass. So you had like a mini All Star band. Very, very many, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I was an all-star as well, which is terrific, you know. Yeah. And this year, uh, this year, uh, the Novaks are playing. Yeah. So the Novaks still live and breathe. Yeah. And you're going to do a you're going to do a, a a special acoustic-y kind of set for your for your yeah. for your Huff main stage performance. Yeah, we had this idea uh, a couple of years ago, and. Uh, Took that long to get happening, but uh, we did it at the ship down here in St. John's uh, earlier this year, and it was a big success. And we had a ball, and we were surprised how well the tunes, you know, I mean, they were written on acoustic guitar, so it was not that far fetched. But but we're known as a head banging, you know, rock band, I guess, sort of hard rock band. And uh, but uh, they translated well; they felt good. It especially felt good to me because. As we were just talking about this sort of stuff I've been writing the last few years, it has a bit more of a lilt to it. It's more melodic, I think. And the Novaks was, especially in the early days, was a very sort of tough band. And everything is, you know, I see it, it's in a huh, in a huh, in a huh. Sort of very monotone, preachy sort of thing, and, uh, which is great. But I've been so far removed from it going back to it sort of made me feel like I was in a cover band or something. I didn't feel like, I don't feel like that's the way I sing anymore. Uh, so the unplugged idea sort of made it a bit more musical, uh, a bit more easy to take. Uh, so we're going to be doing that in a few places this summer. And uh, that's the idea for this year. That's been keeping us playing anyway. Oh, that's <laughs> Something great. exciting for ourselves. You know? We're super happy that you're doing it. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm looking forward to the show. Um, well, and again, Halifax is such a big town for us too, and 
we were signed with Sonic and we made our second record up there um, down at Sonic Temple and uh, another place people probably assume that we lived for a while. Um, and uh, and we know so many of you. And I mean, I know, we've known you for years and and lots of the gang up there. And uh, we, I can't deny that, you know, coming into, into Halifax is just like a, hitting a party at nine o'clock at night, you know, but it was very welcoming and it might've been, might be our best town we ever had actually, you know, I mean, you, your hometown is always sort of the best, but you also have your hometown sort of doesn't fully ever get behind you either. I think because you're from there, you right. know, uh, and Halifax just seemed to really like the band. And I know we turned on a lot of young guitar players and stuff like that, but that, feels really good yeah well so we'll have that history and then mm. you're also going to double as davenant doyle's all-star band which i yeah. think is just an <laughs> interesting bit of timing more than anything else you know that's true yeah um as a uh, thanks for reminding me to go listen to her record <laughs> that's right Mac. <laughs> For the love I of God! I have to turn it, but, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you'll, get on you'll learn it in August. a you'll learn it in a morning. Yeah. It won't be any big deal. <laughs> but did you know Dav very well? Um, one of acquaintance. I've known her for many years. I mean, I, I don't think we keep in touch like that, but we certainly say hello uh, if we pass each other in town or or somewhere else. I think the connection probably way back in the nineties was maybe Chris Drew. I was backing him up for a while, and uh, I would say him and Dad were definitely friends. Uh, Barry Canning, uh, that gang, I guess. Uh, so we definitely ran out. I think we had a SoCan dinner years ago. Maybe that's where I met her. <laughs> yeah. um, but then I got to see her this year um, at the ship again, St. John's, and, uh, and she played her new album, and I thought it was stunning, and I thought the show was stunning. That's when we were talking about uh, doing Huff, so uh, that was great. I talked to her that night, and she was very excited, and uh, so we were very excited. It's very cool, very cool. Well, that'll give you an opportunity to rock out. It's a pretty rocking record, I think. Yes, it is, yeah. It's good stuff, and that's the thing. I don't know if I'd ever seen her. I mean, I remember her with Shay and the Heartbroken, uh, but I didn't remember her being so... Uh, she's great on stage, a real rocker, and... Uh, moving around with that guitar, you know, the acoustic guitar strung low, and uh, it just looks really cool. Um, so I think it's going to be right. I think it's a perfectly good marriage, even if it was an accidental one. Uh, mm -hmm. And you guys are playing Thursday at Huff. Do you know your opening act, Cameron? Have you heard of them? Um, have I? Have I? Um, I don't think I've heard them, no. Cameron Sisters. Right. They rock, and they're tall. <laughs> they're, tall, oh, right. they're tall and they rock. So it'll oh, be, wait, now you, this is the Novak show you're talking about, right? On the Thursday, yes, yeah. that's the Novak yes, show you're okay. talking about. Okay, yeah. Now, yeah. Da now Davnit's show that you'll be the um, uh, all-star band for, mm -hmm. the opening songwriter's circle that night is uh, Alejandro Escovedo, Catherine McClellan, and Matthew Sweet. Oh. What do you think about that? Boy, okay. Now I, I didn't realize that about Greg because we didn't think we were going to catch Matthew at all because we had to split the next day. And I know his show is Monday or Tuesday or something. Um, so that's 
that's very thrilling now. Now we're going to be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Sweet, is, uh, yeah, he was a big deal to us. Uh, yeah, I'm talking to Matt Mays pretty soon about that show. And uh, I texted him because I, I didn't know how big a fan he was, but I was pretty sure because of all the other stuff I know he likes that he would probably be a fan. But I had no clue that Matthew Sweet, of all the people that influenced him might have been right at the top of the list he completely yeah. he completely lost his shit when i told him <laughs> well it's like i mentioned earlier uh, talking about those years the high school years uh for me and, and as i said i always had a group of some sort uh so his tunes were staples uh i mentioned plaskett and uh, liz fair and um i mean that's to me every time when i think of matthew sweet i think of teenage fan club Mm-hmm. Uh, that sugary pop kind of rock and uh, that's what we dug when we were kids absolutely um, uh, and the Novaks have played Sick of Myself many many times I and mean, we don't do very many covers Ooh. I know it's just so easy it's so easy to knock out uh, it's a great three chord rocker but um, and it's also I think we did it I remember we were doing a show a couple of years ago down here at the Rock House a big show and um we did, I think, maybe three covers that night. And it really showed the age of our fan base, which is, <laughs> you know, our our age, essentially, uh, and maybe a little older. And uh, when we did, I think we made an end of it, sick of myself, which is just, you know, it's going to knock him dead anyway. But the other one was uh, we did some Gin Blossoms tunes. Oh. The very, the very big, obvious stuff. And I've never seen so many smiling faces in front of me. Like everybody sang every word, and we couldn't have made a better choice. Um, and just says a lot about, uh, yeah, the age of uh, the band and, and its audience. You know, we were all taken back to high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. Yeah. I talk to lots of young bands these days still. And. A lot of them don't have a ton of material, mm. so I'm always suggesting if somebody, if they sound like something, or says, you know, you guys should play this song, and they go, ah, we don't like doing covers, and I go, yeah, but you know what? You don't have to make a big deal out of, you don't have to introduce it, you don't have to tell people anything mm. about it, just launch into <laughs> it, and yeah. anybody that knows the song will flip out that you're covering it, yeah. and everybody else will think you wrote it. That's so right. I think yeah. it's always an awesome plan to pull something like that that means something to you as an encore tune. Yeah, absolutely. It endears people to you. And it's, uh, I think, the trick of it. I mean, uh, maybe I, uh, I'm speaking out of term because I'm lucky down here because I do a lot of a lot of solo shows down yeah. here. And I do, I do play a lot of covers, but I don't do... I mean, I'm always making sure my stuff is up front. But the, the cover tunes, the important thing is if you're going to do them is really digging the stuff like that that really means something to you because uh, it's more than likely you're turning people on and the stuff that they haven't heard anyway yeah yeah uh, if you go out and play you play ccr every night okay fine you're just gonna make whatever people will be fine they'll buy another beer but and anybody can do that and everybody is doing that uh so just be choosy with your covers and 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 introduce people to new music that they, they might not have known stretch out do something that that maybe you can't, uh, you never thought you'd do. I, I just, I learned a Chris Christopherson song <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, yeah, yeah. and it, and it was a challenge, you know, and uh, it was a challenge for me, so that made it worthwhile doing. 
but I'm not going to sit around learning a bunch of songs I don't want to sing. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't want to learn anything. I never did. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, I'm going to learn something that's got to mean something to me, and I, it's got to be worthwhile doing. So that people go, wow, what's that? You know, Have you heard you know, um, Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoff's cover project? I know I've heard them do stuff, but it, I don't know if I've heard. It's called Under the Covers. They've got three volumes out. I think the first one is like 60s, maybe a little 70s. And the next one is okay. all 70s stuff. But uh, I've heard some. Like they, they must do some big big star and stuff, I guess. They do big star. They do... Um, uh, raspberries, maybe, or something. Uh, they do raspberries go all the way. Uh, like mm-hmm. lots of great pop rock stuff, but they also cover weird stuff like uh, Roundabout from Yes, and they have Steve. Oh, really? And they have Steve Howe playing guitar on it. You should check him out. <laughs> like, it's now my. I it's really now my. Is. It's now my default go to when people come over, and it's just like I'm going to throw this on because every song is killer, and I yeah. just wait for somebody to go. Wait a minute, who's doing this? But it's a really uh, yeah. super good mix of. Um, of, of curated chosen cover songs they're not obvious most of them aren't at all so i love uh, i love susanna house too i love the uh, bangles uh, oh, yeah. i love i really love the 80s i, I love it love it I, to me it's the last era of of melodic uh music you know popular music it's uh and you know i sort of believe that nirvana is the end of the rock mm. era i feel like they they took rock music as far as it could go and still call it rock music, you know? Yeah. Uh, not that there weren't any good bands after that, but I feel like any band I've liked after that all uh, have something to do with the past. You know, they all, and and they're unabashed about it, same way I am. Uh, they don't they don't know what else to do, so they're just carrying on with rock and roll, you know, carrying on the name. Uh, the Jayhawks or Wilco or the Black Crows or Cheryl Crows, great example. Yeah. Uh, but Nirvana were something new, you know. But I really feel like they drove the stake. Like, okay, it's over now. Goodbye. Uh, so let's say it starts with the uh, Little Richard or something, and uh, ends with Nirvana. Ends with but anyway, Nirvana. I've gone, I've gone crazy now. But uh, <laughs> but love pop music. I don't give a damn about the production or what's going on or keyboards or synthesizer. I don't care. If the song is good, it's great. And the Cindy Lauper stuff. Some of those oh. songs are the best. Best ever. And Jules Shear wrote a bunch of them. She's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to leave you That's with right. this genius idea I've just come up with. So, <laughs> my plan is my plan is yeah. uh, we're going to have Matthew Sweet here for the better part of five days. So, we're going to seduce wow. him with East yeah. Coast. We're going to make sure he has the best time of his life. Yeah. Then, we're going to get him to rave about it to Susanna Hoffs. Oh, then I'm going to get Susanna up here and yeah. put together an all-female, all-star band for us oh. so that we can do an actual bangles thing. Oh, my God. And then maybe the year after that, I'll get Susanna and Matthew back together and they can do their covers thing. And then we'll get an all-star band and then you should play in that. I've already, I'm, I'm already stringing up my Rickenbacker. <laughs> I've got it in my hands. I'm already... I'm almost ready. Uh, I would. Uh, I'm your. I'm your man. I'm your man. Don't. <laughs> well, oh my God. Well, I'll leave you with that. But thank you very much for your time, Mick. And I'm super looking forward to seeing you in town. Me too. What a joy. Cheers. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks very much to our guest, Novik's frontman, Mick Davis. 
Also thanks to Joel Plaskett for the use of our theme music, Village Sound, and to you, the music fan, for giving it a listen. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production. 